You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Just a heads up that today's Quickie discusses panic attacks in some depth, and this could be triggering for some. So if that's you, maybe step away from this one. And if you do need help, make sure you speak to your GP. Or if it's urgent, contact Lifeline's crisis support on 13 11 14. Have you ever had a panic attack? The worst ones I've ever felt kind of feel like when you get dumped by a wave because you get a surge of adrenaline and I'm gasping for air and it kind of feels like I thought I was going to die. With the constant stream of information regarding daily COVID case numbers, those ending up in the ICU and then some who are ultimately losing their lives to COVID-19, along with the stresses of financial instability and other various personal issues, it's fair to say the situation we find ourselves in right now is prime for panic. So how do we keep from letting it tip over into a full-blown panic attack? Today, we speak to a psychologist to find out what causes us to kick into fight-or-flight mode, even when the threat isn't right in front of us. I've been up since 1am when my husband woke me up because he couldn't breathe. I was close to calling an ambulance, but he thinks it might have been in his head and was possibly a panic attack. I gave him some tea and it seemed to calm him down. The husband in that story you just heard was recently diagnosed with COVID. Outside of being told he has a potentially deadly virus, he's usually a pretty calm person, not one to freak out. But COVID has changed the mind game for him, as it has done for so many others, some finding that you don't even need to catch it in order for it to start playing tricks inside your head. Just the thought of trying to avoid COVID, people not doing the right thing, worrying about what might happen to vulnerable members of your family, or maybe because you're the vulnerable person yourself, is enough to get those thoughts churning, that heart racing, and maybe even going next level, into an actual panic attack. Of course, people have been experiencing them long before we ended up in a pandemic. But what does a panic attack feel like, and what sets them off? The first time was so scary and because I didn't know what it was, I ended up calling an ambulance and going to hospital. During the panic attack, it was just mind and heart racing, feeling really tense and anxious and monitoring every symptom in my body. I had a super elevated heart rate and chest pain as though something really bad was about to happen. What brought it on was a combination of lots of things. My dad had just had a stroke, which was a really traumatic experience during his recovery in hospital. Randomly, about six months after his stroke, I started getting retinal migraines where your vision also becomes partially obstructed for about 20 minutes. The early migraines would often trigger a panic attack because I thought I was also having a stroke. This was all combined with having recently come off the contraceptive pill, so my hormones were going totally haywire. I experience panic attacks related to medical anxiety, so I get very anxious around any doctors, hospitals, conversations around medical things. What happens is I get really fuzzy sort of in the head and I feel like I'm about to pass out and then if it's really bad, often I will pass out for about 30 seconds. For me, largely, panic attacks could happen at any time, which is really frustrating. I could be sitting at home watching TV and feel one coming on. 
Things that did tend to set them off more than others were when I had a change in plans into situations where I would be less in control or in an unfamiliar situation, or if I was hungover. For some reason, being hungover made me more prone to those sitting at home watching TV panic attacks starting. Panic attacks for me at the start feel like a tightening in my chest. I suddenly become very aware of my breathing and of my heart rate. And that's when I start to think, okay, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. The worst ones I've ever felt kind of feel like when you get dumped by a wave because you get a surge of adrenaline and I'm gasping for air and it kind of feels like I thought I was going to die. I generally end up crying or sobbing. It's hard to breathe. Your head hurts because you're crying. Your muscles get really tense and then afterwards you feel embarrassed, your muscles are sore and you often don't feel very well. It's a whole body experience and not a good one. The first time I was out for breakfast and feeling otherwise well, when I started to feel anxiety creeping in for no apparent reason, then I felt a tightness in my chest and this terrible sense of panic. I remember putting my cutlery down and trying to breathe, but then I blacked out. I came to absolutely drenched in sweat with no idea what had happened or why. Paramedics couldn't find anything wrong with me and suspected a panic attack. The second time, I was waiting for the bus and had the same sense of anxiety creeping in. I had a lot going on at the time, so I wasn't feeling mentally well anyway. The panic started to overwhelm me, but as the bus pulled in, I knew I had to get on it to get where I was going. The second I sat down and the bus started to pull away, my vision and hearing started to blur. I grabbed the man beside me and I said, I need to get off the bus. He ran to the driver and I pretty much crawled to the door and collapsed on the grass outside, gasping for air. Both times there was no specific trigger. The second time I was definitely quite stressed in general, but the first time, zero idea. When I have panic attacks, I sort of first notice this really tight feeling in my chest and then I get short of breath and the adrenaline starts to rush through my body. I can literally feel it coming and my eyesight kind of gets blurred and time seems to pass in slow motion. Usually what brings on panic attacks for me is overthinking. It can be any type of thought. Afterwards, I feel totally drained and exhausted and a bit like I'm outside of my body. Between mid-March and May 2020, there were 375,000 more searches for anxiety or panic attacks than usual in the US. Now, while we don't know if people were Googling because they were personally experiencing them, it shows that it was more top of mind than at any other time before. It'll be interesting to see if the Google search will spike here in Australia in coming months, considering the pandemic situation we find ourselves in in 2022. To save yourself an online search, here's what a panic attack actually is with a little help from Justin Canardi, an emeritus professor at the University of Queensland's School of Psychology. Panic attacks are expressions of stress and so you get symptoms that would be similar to what would happen if you were under threat or felt as though you were in danger. Rapid heart rate, sometimes difficulty breathing or rapid breathing, Possibly things like dizziness, cold hands, even tingling in the fingers. One of the key things about panic attacks is they tend to happen fairly quickly and abruptly. Often there's no identifiable cause for the panic and then they tend to abate or just go away relatively quickly, not instantaneously, but often after a couple of minutes. 
panic attacks often leaves the person feeling very tired because of the intensity of symptoms. Panic attacks also have an emotional response associated with them. So because they're all around that idea of danger, fear, you will feel fear or danger. You will be quite concerned, quite upset in a way that maybe you might not have experienced before. And all of those things together make the panic attacks for the person who experiences them the first time potentially quite distressing. Once someone has experienced a panic attack, does it increase your chances of having another one just because your brain is worried about having another one perhaps? Well, yes, in some people that's true. There's about, in Australia, around one in five people will have a panic attack during their lives. So it's a relatively common experience. Of those one in five, so around 20%, about one in five of those will then go on to develop what's called panic disorder. And panic disorder is where the person has repeated panic attacks, where they experience more than one panic attack, or they may develop some behavioural expressions of trying to avoid circumstances they believe might trigger panic attacks. Stress you've mentioned a few times. Obviously, humans in general across the globe have been under increased stress with the pandemic. Australia now more so with this whole kind of letter rip issue going on with the Omicron variant, I guess, spreading across the country. And people are actually catching it in bigger numbers now. So there's that added stress as well. But is that causing more panic attacks and anxiety amongst Australians right now, you think? Those people who are experiencing the impact, not just directly of the fear of Omicron and COVID, but also the consequences of all of the pandemic, the uncertainties around family life, about workplaces, the whole set of things are actually creating an increased burden of stress on individuals that will make them more prone to have panic attacks. Also, if you're physically run down, if you've had COVID, for example, there's a chance that that actually makes you more vulnerable to have panic attacks afterwards as well. Are there groups that have more of an increased chance of having panic attacks than others? Does it draw gender lines or age group lines or ethnicity lines at all, panic attacks? Panic attacks occur in every society and every population across the world. There are some interesting patterns, though. One of the patterns is that it seems that panic attacks at least are reported, if not occur, more often in women. But also there seems to be some times in people's lives where they're more inclined to develop panic attacks. One of the times seems to be early adulthood. So coming out of teenage years, moving into your 20s and confronting all of the responsibilities and stressors of you being an autonomous adult, if you want to put it that way. Also, it seems that older adults around 40s and 50s also seem to be more inclined to develop panic attacks. And again, that might be because of the unique stressors associated with later life. So those are two sort of peak times for when panic attacks are more likely to occur, but they can occur at any age. What about treatment? Because there must be a line between when you say someone who's had a panic attack and someone who has an anxiety disorder. I'm presuming the treatment would differ for those different stages of when and how you're experiencing panic attacks? Yeah, for the most part, if you can recognise that the panic itself is an expression of stress, 
then the treatment is often managing that stress. If you're physically run down, be kind to yourself and be aware of the physical limitations. If you're under stress under those circumstances that I've described, of work and home, then being more aware of the impact that those stresses might be having on you psychologically. So the response to a panic attack might be for you to take stock of what's going on for you, not to be too concerned about it. Panic disorder, if a person starts to develop repeated panic attacks or starts to avoid circumstances where they believe a panic attack might happen, is really one of those disorders that is really effectively treated using cognitive behaviour therapy. It's one of the disorders that we know we can treat and we can treat with a high degree of success. So what helps people get through or avoid a panic attack? I had CBT for a few months, which really helped to manage the attacks. I still feel them coming on every now and again when I feel particularly anxious, but I now manage to calm myself down quickly by breathing normally and reminding myself that I'm fit, I'm healthy, and that the symptoms I'm experiencing are purely anxiety-induced. There's a few things that you can do to manage it, cognitive behavioural therapy and exposure therapy. I'm pretty lucky in that it's quite isolated to medical environments and I can manage it quite well. So I haven't had to do too much therapy for it because it doesn't affect my everyday. What helped me was seeing a therapist, first of all, a psychologist. And something we worked on was understanding what panic attacks felt like and understanding that I was actually a very adaptable person. I am a very adaptable person. Understanding that The physical symptoms of a panic attack aren't going to hurt you. They're not pleasant, but they don't hurt you. And learning to sit with that anxiety, it became a case of learning that I could adapt to scenarios and the panic attacks wouldn't affect me as much if I acknowledged them and understood them and tried to sit with them. Some CBT and talking therapy really helped because for a while I was convinced I was going to pass out every time I was in a work meeting or sitting on transport. To sort of cope while I'm having a panic attack, I focus on slowing my breathing right down. I also try to come back to the present moment by focusing on all my senses, sight, hearing and touch specifically. Whether you're experiencing your first panic attack or have had them for a while, Mental health organisation Reach Out Australia says the most important thing you can do is speak to your GP or a registered mental health professional. But if you don't feel ready for that just yet, you can try things like slow breathing to reduce those feelings of lightheadedness and chest tightness or relaxation exercises to help reduce your general level of anxiety. All you've got to do is find out what works for you. And above all, remember that it will pass and that you are not alone. This episode of The Quickie was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you'd like to give us some feedback on the show, we would really like to hear it. All you've got to do is rate and review us in your favourite podcast app. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.